Hello and welcome to the ICANN Community Church Podcast with me, your host, Bishop Wayne Malcolm. ICANN Community Church is situated in London's East End and comprises a youthful and diverse congregation. For details, visit our website www.icancommunitychurch.com. But now, join us in one of our live services where I'm teaching transformational truths from the Bible. Genesis chapter 2, and we're going to read verse 21 and following. When you can see it, would you say amen? Amen. And the Lord God caused a deep sleep to fall upon Adam, and he slept. And he took one of his ribs and closed up the flesh instead thereof. And the rib which the Lord God had taken from man made he a woman and brought her unto the man. And Adam said, this is now bone of my bones and flesh of my flesh. She shall be called woman because she was taken out of man. Therefore shall a man leave his father and his mother and shall cleave unto his wife and they shall be one flesh. And they were both naked, the man and his wife, and were not ashamed. And all the people said, Amen. Amen. So I want you to pray with me. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to speak from the subject. Ready, steady, go. That's the subject. Ready, steady, go. So I want you to look at your neighbor right now and say, Bishop's going to preach on ready, Steady, go. All right. And uh, I want you to pray with me and let's invite the Holy Spirit uh, to be the Lord of this moment. Amen. Would you lift a hand up to the Father and let's pray. Thank you, Jesus. Sweet Holy Spirit of the living God, we need you now more than ever before. We are, in fact, desperate for you. And as the deer pants for the water brook, our soul is panting after the living God. We're thirsty for God. We need you to become our light, our guide, to be a lamp to our feet and a light to our pathway. And to help us to make great choices and the best possible decisions. Decisions that affect our destiny and create for us a lasting and powerful legacy. And this we have prayed in Jesus Christ's name. And all the people said, Amen. So, ready, steady, go. I like that because some people want to go before they're ready. (laughs) I like it because some people want to go before they're steady. This is good preaching already, isn't it? Just, Just do the altar call now. I think we need to be ready. I think we need to be steady. And then I think we can go. So, of course, um, I am really going to try to deal with readiness and steadiness as a necessary prerequisite for lasting happiness in a relationship. Necessary prerequisites. And I'm going to focus in today 
on the subject of compatibility. Compatibility. Because unfortunately, many attempts at marriage were non-starters to begin with because the couple were incompatible. And I want to make it quite clear that compatible doesn't equal identical. Preach, Bishop. Compatible doesn't equal identical. In fact, if you find your identical, <laughs> you, you may encounter resistance in the relationship because compatibility has more to do with complementing each other in terms of strength and weakness. Strength and weakness. Um, and for those of you who want maybe a little more scripture in, in the talk, even though we just read quite a few verses, I want you to notice that God's plan is to make a help meet for Adam. Not a help mate, but a help meet, which means befitting him, which means there has to be a fit in order to maximize the potential of the union. You have to fit. Can I hear an amen? You have to fit. And identicals typically do not fit. And uh, our biology is a clue. Don't make me go there, because I will. I am not shy. Our, our biology, our physiology is a clue as to what compatibility uh, looks like. It's about fitting. And so very often we bypass the natural process at our peril because the process was designed to reveal a fit. So uh, here goes with the process, the natural process. Friends, everyone say friends. Dating, say dating. Courtship, engagement, marriage. That's the natural flow, okay? Which means friendship is important first. From friendship to, to dating, this is where you perhaps acknowledge we're a little bit more than friends here. And some people will be in the friend zone forever. <laughs> they hate it, but they're there. Stuck. She'll never ever see me as anything more than a friend. But if you make that transition from friendship to dating, from dating to very serious, intentional, strategic dating, which I'm going to call courtship, to, to making that 
firm decision to be married, getting engaged, and then being married, you are more likely to secure a fit. But if you jump over stages, it is a sure sign that you're being driven by desperation or something else. Something else is driving you to jump over the stages. If you jump over the stages, you may miss some vital learning that's going to be critical and necessary to secure the fit. So compatibility and being compatible does not mean being identical. And being compatible does not mean being perfect does not mean being perfect. It's surprising how many imperfect people are looking for a perfect person. It's interesting. How many people are looking for Superman, Superwoman, whilst fully acknowledging that they are neither? You're not even Lois Lane. But you're looking for Superman. It's surprising how many imperfect people are looking for the perfect job, looking for the perfect set of circumstances, the perfect opportunities. Are we looking for perfection? Uh, compatible does not mean perfect because actually to be compatible, it really means that I am strong in the areas of your weakness and you are strong in the areas of my weakness. So I have weakness, and that's what allows me to be compatible. Uh, none of us really come to the, come to the table uh, perfect. We come to the table perfectly human, but that doesn't mean perfectly divine. We're perfectly human, and so what we're looking for is a, is a fit, is this, this compatibility issue. And so I, I want to break down compatibility, and I want to go pretty deep and far today with your permission. And one of the things I love about the shape of this auditorium is that I can get out of it this way, and I can get out of it that way, and I can head straight to the car and get away if, uh, if, uh, if I cause too much trouble. Uh, so I said that to say this, that... Any attempt to generalize is going to fail to meet your specific situation, okay? Any attempt to preach a sermon or to teach a seminar on any of these issues will fail to address your specific situation because there are exceptions to rules, okay? But what you have to do is be flexible enough in your mind to look for a principle in, in the word that works for you because the one size is just not going to fit all, Okay? And, of course, I, I did my share of attending marriage seminars and marriage preparational seminars. And in reality, it's like a salad. You're going to take some good things from it, but you're not going to eat everything on the table. Does that make sense? So some of you are not going to eat everything I put on the table today. That's okay. All I ask is that you don't pick it up and throw it at me. <laughs> Just because you don't want to eat it doesn't mean you have to get aggressive about it and throw it at me. Okay, just leave it on the table and walk on by. Okay, it's all good. <laughs> so let's talk about compatibility, and I'm going to talk about three 
levels of compatibility here, and you'll be surprised that I'm not going to talk about the fourth one, uh, which, is, which is spiritual compatibility. And the reason I'm not going to talk about spiritual compatibility is because I think we have overdone that issue in Christendom over many years, to where instead of seeing a physical person in front of you, what you're seeing is a spirit, and you're looking for a spiritual individual who's going to be praying for you all the time and worshiping God all the time. You don't even want any English spoken in your house. You want everyone speaking in tongues. You want to speak it in tongues in the morning, you know, and, and to be frank with you, some of you want to speak in tongues while you're making love and things like that. Look, I'm not going to deal with this spiritual compatibility issues. You, 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 you find God, <laughs> work out your salvation, enjoy Jesus. I want to talk about the issues, the reasons why some of these same tongue talking people cannot stay married for any particular length of time. Because we haven't dealt with the real issues. We've just dealt with these uh, nebulous ideas. So I don't want to talk about your spiritual compatibility. Okay? Because I, I, I've, I found that actually... Gosh, I'm in so much trouble already. Just because of where my mind is, I am in trouble already. But I... I I found that the scripture which says, do not be unequally yoked together with unbelievers, has nothing to do with marriage whatsoever. There's no marriage before it, during it, or after it. An unequal yoke, listen very carefully, an unequal yoke, first of all, a yoke is a wooden collar that you put on the neck of two cows. And you do it so that they will move at the same pace and in the same direction. You typically yoke a younger ox to an older ox in farming to, to teach the younger ox the ropes and to double the strength of the pull and to make sure you're moving together in the same direction. This was the, the yoke. And when the Bible says not to be unequally yoked together with unbelievers, it's actually warning you against any relationship with an unbeliever that forces you to move in a direction that you don't want to go. And that can happen in friendships, that can happen in, uh, in marriage, and that can happen in business, and that can happen in church, and that can happen on many levels. But once you find yourself forced to move in someone else's direction, a direction that you don't want to go in, that is an unequal yoke. But when it comes to the idea of can a Christian be married to a non-Christian, the fact is that in the New Testament era, most of the marriages were arranged and people didn't have much say anyway. They, it wasn't a modern culture in which you grow up and say, well, I'm in love with this person. Mom, dad, will you pay for the wedding? It's not going to happen. What happened in the ancient world is that it was very much a business deal and, and, and families chose partners for their children and they got married. So many Christians in the New Testament found themselves married to non-Christians. Okay, struggle with me all day. But Paul gives advice to uh, Christians whose partners were not Christian. And then Peter gives advice to Christians whose partners were not Christians. Why is he giving this advice? Because this was the, the sense of individual control over a marital decision was not, it was not readily available. There were families involved. And what Paul seemed to teach is, look, don't leave a person because they're an unbeliever. Because you're going to affect them even more than they affect you. 
if your faith is real and your faith is strong, you're going to affect them more than they affect you. So I happen to believe that Christianity and the power of the Holy Spirit acts in my life like a thermostat, not simply a, a thermometer. I wish I had some help in here today. A thermostat, not simply a thermometer. A thermometer reads the temperature, but a thermostat sets the temperature. And I think that whatever I go into, I'm going to affect it much more than it's going to affect me. Because greater is he that is in me than he that is in the world. I wish I had some help in here today. That's not me telling you to go out and find someone that is spiritually incompatible with you. Uh, but it, it does mean that at the very least, you need to respect each other's religious opinions and points of view. You definitely don't want to get in a relationship with someone who from the get-go tells you, I will do everything in my power to get you out of that church, out of the faith, out of all of that stuff, and into my stuff. Because they're telling you straight that they are an unequal yoke. And uh, unfortunately for some of you who wish I wasn't saying this, <laughs> I have met too many wonderful couples who were part in the faith, part not, some not in the faith at all, and yet managed to sustain happy and fulfilling relationships. And on the other hand, I've met Christians who speak in tongues every day, and yet cannot sustain a healthy relationship. Is that making sense? So I want to bypass that. I want to go into some deeper things. Can I do that today? Are you sure? Yeah. Am I allowed? Yeah. Okay. So compatibility. So let me start at the lowest, the lowest rung on the ladder and say that you should uh, be physically compatible. Everyone say physically. Say it one more time, Physically. Yeah, because some of you are not saying it. I don't know what you're scared of. You just won't say it, but you need to say it physically. Uh, and what that simply means is you need to at least be attracted to each other physically. Okay? And that anyone trying to encourage you into a relationship that you are not physically attracted to this other person is actually pushing you against nature to a certain degree. Because the reason why you find that person attractive is because somewhere in your DNA, your genetic composition, your psychological and biological composition, you're wired to like that particular type. So the key is that you are going to have to actually physically be attracted to this person. Everyone say physically attracted. One more time, physically attracted. Now, it almost sounds obvious, right? It sounds obvious, but it's not obvious in a Christian context. It's not because some people are moving by what they call confirmations. Okay? Confirmations. I had a dream. I saw you in a dream. And... Uh, and in fact, in the dream, the Lord said that my husband is going to appear. And then next minute, you said, hi, my name is so-and-so in the middle of the service. So, so you must be my husband. I don't particularly like you, but you must be the one that God is. And God is not saying nothing. I just need to make it clear. God is not saying nothing. Okay? And your dream, or not all your dreams come from God. It's very important for you to know that not all your dreams come from God. Sometimes your subconscious mind is just replaying some of the things that you are subconsciously struggling with, some of the things that you fear, some of the things that you hope for are being replayed and made into a movie because your subconscious mind is the ultimate movie director, script writer, and will translate everything you're feeling into a movie and play it to you at night while you're sleeping. And you would love to believe this is God Almighty, you know, 
I saw, you know, God, last night I was dreaming and God showed me the color green. And then I come to church and the brothers were in green. No, no, don't even book, don't even book an appointment to see me, okay? Because that would be the quickest appointment we ever had. The minute I figure out that you are trying to pursue some relationship in which you have no physical attraction, then we're going to cut the meeting short because I'm going to save you a lot of pain. Even if you're going to not like me for a little while, I'm going to save you a lot of pain and tell you no. You see, you need to be physically attracted uh, to this person. And this... This, uh, (laughs) I'm in so much trouble right now. I'm about to get into even more trouble because there are some Christians who, who are, are so saved and so sanctified and so anointed and so heavenly minded that actually they can happily be engaged for the next five, 10 years with no temptations to consummate their idea Because we're just not like that. We're not about that. So let the bishop tell you. Now, if you can't wait, if you can't wait, okay, if you're fighting yourself to keep your hands off, that's probably a good sign that you're a little bit more compatible than those people who are not fighting at all. (laughs) I'm going to tell you, it, it may sound nice to you. It may say nice to your spirituality, but you really don't want to be engaged to a person who's not struggling to keep his hands off. I ain't gonna lie. Y'all looking at me like, oh, oh, he's supposed to be, you're not supposed to be thinking like that. What do you mean you're not supposed to be thinking like that? Who who told you you're not supposed to be thinking like that? How are you going to be with a person that's not even thinking about the wedding night? It's not even crossed their mind. It's a secondary consideration. Because, because maybe they're just trying to stay sanctified. They're just trying to stay holy. Mark my words, they will be exactly the same after you marry them. And for the rest of your marriage, you're going to be wondering, why has this person not turned on to me? And the person told you in the beginning that they're not turned on to you. Y'all don't like me. It's okay. It's okay. Okay. Sometimes people tell you up. But at the beginning, what they're about. So there need to be some physical attraction. Okay? And you need to behave yourself for reasons that I'm going to deal with next week. Behave yourself. But don't let behaving yourself be confused with you're not wishing you could not behave yourself. Because if you are not wishing you could not behave yourself, what are you actually feeling for this person? I needed to say that because this 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 is quite sad. What's happened to a lot of Christians? Quite sad. So let's move from the bottom rung of the ladder and move up a step. Now let's talk about psychological compatibility. So psychological compatibility certainly doesn't mean that you're interested in exactly the same things. You have exactly the same level of intelligence. Your diction, vocabulary are exactly the same. No, no, no. That's not what makes you compatible. Psychologically, I suppose what makes you uh, compatible is your, your purpose as to what we're going to achieve together. 
okay? And in this respect, you have to decide very quickly whether someone is interested in a fling or they're interested in a future. And, and there will be a difference in the way that the person who wants a fling with you is thinking and talking and the person who wants a future with you is thinking and talking. And because there's fling language and there's future talk. Is this making sense? There's, there's, so, so if actually all you want is a fling and I want a future, we're not psychologically compatible. We're going to be clashing all the time in our mind because what you ultimately want and what I ultimately want is something else. So sometimes it's, it's about figuring out uh, what's going on in here. And the only how you're ever going to know what's going on in here is through what? Talking. I want to say talking. Which means if we can't talk, we're probably not going to be compatible. If we cannot enjoy a good conversation, we're probably not going to be compatible. Which is one of the reasons why you need to behave yourself, because once you start misbehaving yourself, all the talk goes out the window. Your couples are not talking anymore. Why? Because they're busy behaving or not behaving themselves. So you got to talk because that's the only how we can figure out where where this is going and what is the end game. Is this future talk or is this a fling? People that are looking for a fling are not interested in your future. You have to know that. And then not be shocked if, if you present a fling. Don't be shocked when someone doesn't want to talk about the future because what you've presented was a fling. God help me now. So now I'm getting into even more trouble. But that's okay. That's okay. So what makes you, <laughs> what makes you think... In the dance, okay? In the dance, demonstrating your ability to, to flow with dance hall music and shaking whatever you believe the Lord has blessed you with in the middle of the dance floor. Why do you think someone is looking? Oh, there's my future. No, they're not. They're saying there is a fling. Not there's a future. So once you become serious about future, you are going to have to uh, begin to present yourself as future. You're going to kind of cross out of the childishness of the fling and move into the maturity of dealing with your future. Can I hear an amen? amen. And somebody said to me, you know, Bishop, uh, it's all very good. You're talking about compatibility, but how am I going to find a compatible person? How am I going to find? Well, I think the answer came out beautifully here today. The, the truth is you're not going to find. You're going to be found. We'll say it again. You're not going to find. You're going to be found. I want to say it one more time. You're not going to find. You're going to be found. Are you ready for this now? Adam did not look for Eve. He found her. Hello? He found her. And where did he find her? 
This is deep. Where did Adam find Eve? Next to him. Right? When did he find Eve? When he woke up. And there are some people who cannot see their own wife next to them because they're fast asleep. And they haven't woken up. Nobody's ready for a meaningful relationship until they wake up. It's deep. And you have to know that if someone is not ready, they are not ready. Somebody said, well, I'm ready. Yeah, but they're not. Say, well, I'm going to make them ready. Well, biblically, what you're going to do is wake someone up in the middle of an operation. And let me tell you, if you wake someone up in the middle of an operation, they're not going to love you in any language. (laughs) In fact, they're going to give you some language that you never thought a Christian was capable of. If you wake someone up in the middle of an operation, because if they're asleep and they're not awake, you can't wake them up. Because they are asleep because an operation is taking place in their life. At some point, when a person wakes up to their purpose and destiny, and they wake up to their assignment and calling, when they wake up, they're going to be looking for something else. Not a fling, but a future. And if people are simply looking for a fling, it's because they're still fast asleep, and they are not actually ready. And the worst thing you could do is to become infatuated with someone who is not ready. Because if they're not ready, all they are capable of is a fling and they're not capable of envisaging a future because they are fast asleep. Is this making sense? So you want to check out where is someone in your mind? Where are you in your mind? Because if together we see a family, then there's some compatibility there. Okay? And there's compatibility talk. There's fling talk. Um... And I, and I feel like I need to say this before I get into, into the, the meat of my clothes, which is the message. Um, that I think it's important to have a wish list. Yes? If you're looking, have a wish list. And I think it's important that you make your wish list as big and as fanciful and as faithful as possible. I mean, full of faith. Big wish list. Tall, dark, handsome. Millionaire. (laughs) Make your big wish list, okay? If it's the guys, I'm not going to describe your wish list. It's not going to help anyone if I described guys' wish lists. (laughs) But create your big wish list. But once you've created it, divide Everything on it into would be nice, absolutely must. So that you don't confuse what would be nice with an absolutely must and create a perfectionist 
expectation that no human being can possibly fulfill. So, tall would be nice. Possibly. Wants children. See, it's another conversation. Do you understand what I'm saying? It's another conversation. It's not the same conversation. And it doesn't deserve to be sandwiched into the same group. He must be tall. He must have this amount of money. He must want this. He must want that. He must. Because now you've got so many shoulds and musts, you've made it virtually impossible for anyone to break through your defenses of all the shoulds and musts. You want to get down to a few absolute must-haves. Because all the other things would be nice and they may either come or you may grow to love what is their reality. Does that make sense? So you'll grow to love where they are, but if your musts are violated, okay, you're always going to feel like you compromised in order to secure a partner. And once you're feeling like you compromised and I did this because I needed that, that's going to remain a tension in the relationship. So keep your musts apart from your your would-be nice and do feel free to create a big wish list and pray over the wish list. But it's your musts, your absolute musts that you're going to be focusing on that are going to help you determine whether Mr. So-and-so or Miss So-and-so is actually a compatible person for you. Does that make sense? Okay. Good. So now, I knew I wasn't really in much trouble there. Because I was saving the trouble till now. I want to talk about compatible energy. Compatible energies. Because what I see here in the beginning are not only two biologically different human beings. A man, a woman. But what I see here at a more metaphysical level is a masculine and a feminine energy. Woo. A masculine and a feminine energy. And what I see in God's perfect design is that lasting relationships and fruitful relationships are the results of masculine and feminine energy coming together. And they fit because they connect. They connect in a fundamental way. Masculine and feminine energy. Everyone say energy. So even in a relationship... That would be called a same-sex relationship. If you in- investigated it, you would find out that there is a masculine and a feminine energy at work. Don't, 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 don't act like you never heard that word, those words before. This is, this is the 21st century, right? You're going to find that even in a relationship where there's two sexes involved, 
where the same sex is involved, you question them, you're going to find one of them is manly and one of them is feminine. Okay? Which, and this is not a comment on the uh, rights, wrongs, that's another sermon, that's not the issue. The issue is that if you have two men in the house, no matter how their bodies are shaped, that relationship does not work. And if you have two women, uh, no matter what the shape of the bodies, the relationship does not work. Which means if the girl is a man and the man is a, or the man is a girl, there is something that's not quite going to work in the relationship if you have the two energies fighting each other. This is deep now. The two energies. Now, first of all, so this means, number one, you need to be honest about the energy that you have. Because if you're honest about the energy you emit... You're going you're gonna to realize very quickly because before you know someone, you feel their energy. And it's going to take a long time to figure out people by talking to them. But in terms of feeling their energy, that will happen very quickly. And sometimes because we're not honest about the energy that we personally possess and the energy that we emit, we are often looking for someone that we would personally kill within no space of time. And you are attracted to people that you will hurt in the end simply because actually you are clashing energies. You're not complementing energies. Oh, this ain't a joke. I'm going there today. We're going to get in some trouble now. Are you ready? So the masculine energy is typically characterized by the need to give, everyone say give, to produce, to create, and to lead. To what? To give, produce, create, lead. That's a masculine energy, like a a person that has masculine energy is a giver, okay? Again, uh, the biology will help you understand this. The, the man wants to give, okay? He wants to, he wants to give. You would notice when, when a certain young man was standing here, they said, I grew up in a certain house where, where chivalry was normal and, and things are expected of a man. What's expected of a man? It's this psychology of I need to be the one giving. I need to be the one providing. I need to be the one producing. Now listen to me. Productivity for men, is n- for masculine energy, is really not an option because your self-worth comes from your level of productivity. Productivity. If you want to kill a man, make him entirely unproductive and redundant, he, he is actually dead while he's alive because his energy wants to produce things. He wants to produce and he wants to lead. Now listen to me very carefully. When it comes to feminine energy, uh, listen to, this my, I didn't say this is you, I just said this is energy. The feminine energy wants predominantly wants to receive. All the ladies should have said yes. You missed an opportunity there. You could have gotten all sorts for Valentine. Want to receive. Wants to facilitate. Wants to incubate. And wants to follow. 
wants to follow. Now you look at him and say, oh, no, 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 I'm not one of those kind of women. I'm sure you're not, but that's fine. I didn't say it was right or wrong. What I did say is this, that there are some women who have feminine energy that if you ask them on a date and they say yes, you will absolutely kill any joy, any hope, any expectation by simply turning up and saying, where shall we go? Come on, ladies, help a brother out now. Just, just turn up. Just turn up and say, where would, where would you like to go? You have killed your nights, brother. You killed it. For some, not all. But feminine energy is already saying, I don't want to be the leader. I don't want to make the decisions. I'm sick and tired of making all the decisions all the time. I just want one man who knows what he wants, where he's going, and what he wants to do. And I'll follow you. It's energy. Where, do you, where should we go? What, would you, what do you want to eat? What, what do you want to do? What, 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 do you, what do you want? And as much as someone told you that you're just being polite and kind and nice, the truth is she's seeing you as a wimp and as a child incapable of leading her, incapable of providing for her and incapable of supporting her. And she feels that way, not because she's a woman, but because she has this feminine energy. Because let me tell you, there's another kind of woman. There's another kind of woman who when you ask her on the date and she says yes, you turn up and you say, I've got the most amazing evening lined up for us. She's going to say, she's going to say, well, that's interesting because I already have been thinking about what I would like to do this evening. I would like to go to the movies. Oh, but I, 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 I thought we would go. Well, you should have asked to see if I like that, to see if I want to do that. Why is it about what you want? Hello, have I lost anyone here today? That is masculine energy. Now, when a masculine man meets a woman with masculine energy, you are not compatible and the relationship's not going to last. You're going to be fighting all the time. Wish I had some help in here today. So, you have to be honest about your energy because if your energy is feminine, you want to be looking for someone who's masculine. If your energy is masculine, 
you might just enjoy being in the relationship with a woman who says, no, we're definitely not going there because I don't like that. Here's where we're going. And where are you going, by the way? Come back here. You may like that. That might be your thing. But be honest, your energy is feminine. And you want someone to make decisions for you, to think for you, to decide where, where we're going, what we're doing. You want it. But there's a lot of people who don't. And unfortunately, our generation are victims of a great big social experiment. Let's get the doors ready for me. Unlock the doors. Great big social experiment. And it's an experiment with regards to gender. And the experiment goes like this. Girls are not girls because they're girls. Boys are not boys because they're boys. Girls are girls because we taught them to be girls. And boys are boys because we taught them to be boys. Boys like football because that's what we gave them when they were children. And girls like dollies because that's what we gave them when they were children. And we grow up differently because, because society made us that way. All right? So there's nothing biological about your inclination to, to be a particular way. It's just all a social construct. Well, that's an interesting experiment. We don't know what the fruit of that experiment is going to yield down the road. But we, what we do know right now is that a lot of men actually don't know what being a man is supposed to look like or feel like or, or be like. So they're frustrating a lot of women. And then there's a lot of women who have told the man straight, I will thump you down. So now we've got, we've got a generation now that just doesn't know what's, what's going on here. All the rules have gone. We don't know what's the right thing to do anymore. This is very, very confusing. But if you're not ready, you can't go. And if you're not steady, you can't go. And steady really means to get in a relationship where you've actually figured out the energy because you see, because that masculine energy wants to produce, you have to become, decide, am I, will I be the incubator that incubates his idea and facilitates what he's trying to do? Will I be that person? Or will I be the person fighting against it all the time because this, I want to do something else? And so some people think, you know what? Well, I'm, a, I'm an aggressive alpha male conquer the world type person so I'm looking for an aggressive alpha male conquer the world type woman no 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 brother because the world she's going to conquer is your head <laughs> with a frying pan because you're not compatible your competitors you're not compatible. You're competing for a certain place. 
So what I see God doing is God saying, Adam, I got something for you. And I'm going to make it for you while you're sleeping. And when you wake up, you're going to see it. But what you're going to see is something that came out of you. You're going to see, because right now, Adam, you feel complete. But when you see this person, you're going to feel incomplete. Because you're going to realize that there's a part of you, a part of you, that is missing. And you're going to want to make that connection. And if you were to take the rib of Adam and actually put it into his chest, it would fit. And that was the whole point. Eve, you are now bone of my bone, flesh of my flesh. This fits. It fits. It's not a fight. It fits. So you have to decide quite early on, are we a fight or are we a fit? And sometimes because we're so desperate for the status married, we will marry a fight instead of marrying a fit. And it takes us way too long to accept that this is one great big fight. Way too deep, Bishop. But you know what I'm saying? I have done wedding rehearsals for people who were arguing in the rehearsal. (laughs) So if you're arguing in the rehearsal, what is the statement being made about the marriage? You're a fight. You're not a fit. This is... This is good. So I'm going to start to close with with some thoughts around the subject of desperation, which is what blinds us to what is staring in our face. We get desperate for a status. A what? A status. So, I want to help some people today. Can I help you today? Uh, are you sure I can help? Because I won't help everyone. I want to help some of you today. So, the church historically has stigmatized singleness. Did you know that? And created second class citizens out of its single people. If they are. Single because they've never been married. Single because a marriage failed. Single because they're a widow, a widowed. Single. We should start. Oh, yeah. Never mind. God is going to work something out for you. <laughs> never mind. It's okay. There, there. It's almost a there, there, there. Oh, you're not married. Oh, come, come. Don't worry. God's going to take care of you. So, what if he doesn't take care of you like that? It's deep, isn't it? Never mind. There, there. God's going to take care of you. God's, God's, bringing, God's bringing your man. He's just sleeping right now. He's about to wake up. Yeah, but what if he doesn't? Do you put your entire life on hold... Waiting for some guy 
to come galloping out of the river. <laughs> huh? that, you're gonna put your life on hold waiting for that to happen. First thing, do not put your life on hold. Look at somebody and say, do not put your life on hold. Because what you're looking for is looking for you and is going to find you in, in the field of Boaz, you will be found. As you are gleaning and doing what you do, you're going to be noticed and you're going to be found. If that doesn't happen, and here's where the, the real, mm, better start playing something. Here's where, here's where it hits, okay? Let's, let's keep it real now. Let's, let me talk about the, the, the dominant community in this room. I love the fact that our church is diverse, becoming more diverse. Me and this gentleman have been closest friends for well over 10 years. We're actually writing a book together called Salt and Pepper. Figure that one out. <laughs> I'm salt. No. He's <laughs> salt. I'm the pepper. We're, we're, I'm glad our church is diversifying. I want it to diversify so badly. I think that speaks Christ more than anything else. But the dominant community that is represented here are second generation immigrated from the Caribbean or Africa. Isn't that right? All right, you didn't understand all that technical talk. Black people. A lot of black folk in here today. Okay? <laughs> There's a lot. And there are a lot of black men in society at large who, for one reason or another, haven't made it, haven't succeeded with education, haven't gotten into the workplace at a senior level, haven't seized, maximized their entrepreneurial capacity to create economic stability and of course God gave Adam a house and a job before giving him a wife it's a lot of black men haven't got to that place we're also overrepresented in the criminal justice system overrepresented in prisons overrepresented in mental health services then there's a significant number who have different energies best way I could say that another energy we love you if you have another en we love you if the person sitting next to you don't love you it's because they're not Christian we love you alright now watch this watch this so actually there's a limited pool there's a little there's like a limited pot and if everyone is targeting the same pot what that then creates is a war between women over this limited pot and it then creates arrogance in the men because they're spoiled for choice then they don't want to commit to anyone. They don't want to commit to marriage because they've got 17 options. 
And this is a crisis in our community because without, without succession, there is no success. Because the purpose, the purpose of God in marriage is family. And actually, without succession, there is no success. The next generation is doomed and cursed to pay the bills on our indiscretions in this generation. So we now need a generation coming out of the church where young men are awake and focused on the fact that you are called to, to be married, to have children, and to create a generational legacy. Very, very important thing. But if you are single in that process, you are not a second-class citizen. Actually, you're in company with people like Apostle Paul. But here's what Paul did with his singleness. He did not spend the whole time whining, attending every marriage seminar he could, joining every online dating agency he could, and playing every game to get... No, he didn't do that. What he did was, he said, okay, I've got a lot of time on my hands because I'm single. I'm going to use that time and I'm going to serve the Lord. And he used that time to serve the Lord. And so, hopefully, you don't make one of the most important decisions of your life out of desperation to achieve a status which may not last because the desperation has led you to overlook, overlook vital compatibilities that was way too deep for a Sunday morning I need you to stand on your feet stand on your feet uh, so why well, thank you thank you those of you that are clapping I appreciate that That's pretty cool pretty cool I, th- I thought I'd be dodging fruit and vegetables by now so here's what I'm going to pray for you I'm not going to pray that God send you a man, a woman. No. I'm going to pray that God send you the energy that completes you and complements you. Because what you actually need is someone's energy. This is too deep. What you actually love is their energy. <laughs> I know I didn't have time to finish this. Somebody said, oh no, I, I love... I." I, I, I love her face. I, I love her her face. I love her face. Amen. I love her face. That's great. But her face is changing. Her body is changing. It is her energy that captures you. And then the, the rest is a is a is a is a plus. It's a bonus. But when you love someone's energy, because that energy in some way complements and completes you, that's remarkable. So I'm going to pray that God bring energies our way. Can I hear an amen? And, I, and I'm going to pray that actually you, you begin to, to become aware of energy. What is this person emitting as an energy? I lift your hands up to the Father right now. Glory to God. So sweet spirit of the living God, we want to thank you for for your master plan, your your plan to to bring man and woman together and to create families and to create legacies and destinies. Thank you for the gift of love and every expression of love. Thank you for the power of love and the grace to love again 
if we were ever hurt or burned. God, we are praying today in the name of Jesus that that we will be ready and steady before we go. Ready and steady before we go. And God, as, as, as being ready, wake us up. Cause us to be awake to our greater destiny. Cause us to be awake to bigger things. Cause us to be awake to greater values. Cause us to be awake to our own calling and assignment and reason for being on this very planet. Wake us up. And God, as we wake up, may we, may we find bone of our bone, flesh of our flesh, the energy that excites us, the energy that completes us, the energy that blesses us, the energy that fits us, that complements us. We're praying in Jesus' name that this will be a year of companionships and compatibility, that it will be a year of dating and courtships and engagements and marriages. And Father, we're praying it will be a year of children glory to God and futures and home ownership in Jesus mighty name God let it be a year in which the family is magnified and put at the very center and the heart of our values and our social values and this we have prayed today in Jesus miraculous name and all the people said amen and amen you've been listening to a live sermon at ICANN Community Church we hope that you feel inspired informed and empowered to take your life to the next level. We want to build a relationship with you, whether you attend ICC or not. Of course, we would love for you to visit or even to join. But if that's not possible, we can still stay in touch. Go to our website at www.icancommunitychurch.com and subscribe to our mailing list updates on special events which may be coming to an area near you. Until next time, this is Bishop Wayne Malcolm saying God bless you.